0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch.
1: Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Today is February 4th. Man, we blew right through January already. The five-week month. too. Yep. And like I said, I am your host, Ray Lynch. In the studio with me is my co host Steve. Hello, everyone. And on the phone we have the lovely Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Hello, everybody. Hi. How are you? Hi, Ellen. How are y'all? So you get so you get back home and you start twanging again. You don't do that (laughs) when you're (laughs) when in Rome. Yeah, right. I guess when in Rome, right? Well, yeah, why not? So so what do you think of the Super Bowl?
2: Um, no now, opinion. Now
1: I'm going to say this, and this is internationally. Somehow I knew this was coming. I know. <laughs> I am not. I am not a New England Patriots fan. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear Absolutely that. Absolutely not. I'm a New York Giants fan. But you cannot take it away from them that they know how to play the game that is put in front of them. Whatever, whatever happens, they know how to. Um, Come out winners, and I, you know, I. You have to commend the organization for that. I mean, I'm not commending the fans. Can't stand the fans, but you can uh, commend the commend the team itself.
3: They, and no know. matter how they do it, they did it the right way. Right, I mean, you and, can, and you like love they them or say, hate them, they won. Like they
1: say, it's progress and not perfection. So right. I'm I'm progressing to the fact that, uh, you know, they are a stellar organization. So um, I don't know if we have any pressing. Addiction and recovery news, but I'm sure we will find some type of topic to speak about. dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two that's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two if you have something that you want to talk about or send me an email at ray at miraclesinrecovery dot org that's ray at miraclesandrecovery dot org and if it's during the show, we'll pick it up and talk about it
3: so um Let's just get to it. How was your week, Steve? Well, my week was great. And it, it, it's amazing to me is it, it, that I can sit here and say that. Um, my week was great. I have friends. And one of the things that I was hoping we might touch on tonight is, is the continuing struggle of addicts and alcoholics once they start their journey to re- towards recovery. Um, nobody said this was going to be easy and I bought into it. I I had to do it and it's something I agreed no matter how hard, no matter how ugly it was going to get that I was going to do this. And I'm fortunate enough that God took me by the hand and he has led the way. I don't have to make the decisions in my recovery. Um he's making them for me. All I have to do is listen to him.
1: Yes, but you do you do have to take responsibility for those for those decisions like you know, you can't sit in the middle of the house and say God will provide and the electricity will stay on. Well, it. yeah, that's true too. But well, then, then make that the
3: clear message. Don't. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. nothing is going to fall into my lap. Exactly. Um, I I have worked for it. Um, in the beginning, especially, it was an incredible struggle. But the point I was was coming to uh, was to anyone out there who is. Still struggling. Some people call it relapse, some people call it backsliding, things like that. Just because you slip doesn't mean that your recovery is hopeless. Um, there's always a clear path to recovery once you set your sights on it. Um, and none of us are perfect. as we, as we were talking about prior to the show, we strive for spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, because none of us are perfect. Would you agree, Ellen?
2: I would, and I think um, I think you need you need support, and you know you get that from other people who have you know experienced what you are experiencing along the way. Yeah, you know, I think if, if you have a good support system in place, it goes a long way toward making your recovery something that you're going to continue. Yeah, right. Every, Sarah, everything please. we do is a choice.
1: Circle yourself with like-minded people, and fantastic things will happen. You know, or if you circle yourself with like-minded people in a negative mode, and those things will happen. One thing that i that I could never figure out is why, when I went away for thirty days, um, when I came back, I couldn't use the knowledge that they gave me. I brought that knowledge back to the corner. The corner didn't want to hear that knowledge. (laughs) Ultimately, I didn't want to hear that knowledge either, and that's why I went back to the corner. Ultimately, when I got, you know, when I hit my saturation point, uh, February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty nine, I tried a different method. Method. When I got out, I want to say that I got out of uh, detox uh march like 30th or something like that i was in there for for a good 30 days if not more and Something told me, hey, use a little bit of common sense. Every other time, all 17, 18, 20 other times, you went right back to the corner and tried to share your experience, strength, and hope, Mm -hmm. and um, that just didn't quite work. So what I did was I I reached out to someone I knew who was clean, and I said, help. Ultimately, sadly, that individual is no longer with us um, because they stayed clean for a little while and really couldn't grasp it, but... I'm forever grateful that they brought me to my first real meeting and and um that's when i when I started begrudgingly getting out of my own way um I knew that I couldn't do it myself, and I knew somehow some way that the people that were sharing um their gratitude were doing it. And and I, I, I knew that if I went back to the corner, that old way would have just crept right back in because it was still my way. I was still that same individual. I had just been abstinent for 30, 34, days at that time. So, you know, if if you don't change your thinking, then your thinking don't change. And for the longest time my thinking didn't change my actions didn't change and when i started when i started getting out of my own way my actions changed but my thinking took a lot longer to catch up you know i didn't go back to the corner that was a different action i still wanted to be there you know and the longer i stayed away the more i was wondering what i was missing instead of embracing What was being given to me. And it took a while for me to. I didn't really. It wasn't really a physical obsession, but it was just that mental. Torment that I was putting myself through instead of instead of being that emotional terrorist that I was when I was out there active, I was doing it to myself when I when I got clean, and that's all part of that's all part of discovery. That's all part of what it is that we do, and you know I'll be forever grateful for every single day that I struggled and held on, and drove by like my car was almost like auto, autopilot. <laughs> I, I had to physically know where I was in the city every single moment, or I would find myself where I didn't belong. Absolutely. And well, at least
2: you had a car, then. Why would that exclude that car?
1: Well, it, was, it wasn't my car, but
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you got a license to drive.
1: I don't think he mentioned that, either. Yeah. <laughs> but um. <laughs> a- anyway, you know, so well, I guess I guess what – we're saying is, is that, you know, if you hold on long enough, your, your pulse patterns will change. And I don't necessarily, I mean, thought in action, you know, everything will change and clarity will start seep, seeping in. It When I, I was, I had no clarity. I just knew how to follow the next individual uh, in front of me. I quit smoking before I quit getting high because it was costing me too much money. The 250 cigarettes were 250 then, and I still needed that $2.50 more than I needed cigarettes. So I quit smoking, but I would still go outside like a dope and stand with everyone in that big cloud of smoke, and wouldn't you know, 3 or 4 weeks into being clean, I picked up smoking again. Oh, sure only for a couple of months until I realized that until the clarity started coming back saying like, Hey, you dope, what are you doing? You are slowly progressing yourself back. I was allowing the evil that was inside of me to take hold of me just by smoking, you know? And then it would have been, Hey, you know, you can have a half a half a beer. You right. can drink a beer, All right? Just set it works on every single bottom of a beer. When I looked down, at down the neck of a bottle, There was a set of works there for me, and and it's just something that I could not do. So I had to purge myself of all of that and follow people that were like-minded. Now, there were people in the meetings that were telling me the same thing that I wanted to hear that was making sense to me like-mindedly, but if you were smoking, I couldn't Embrace myself to you, because I needed to change every single thing about the patterns that kept me out there, and that was one of them. I mean, that's an addiction as well. I don't drink coffee, so I'm I'm not worried about that. But um, just to just to
3: and and you see it, and I, and I did it. I did it with uh, with candy, you know. Um, well, that's the thing. You you said it, surround, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things in the early stages of recovery, and it's been proven by many different anonymouses, um, is the rooms that you gather in and the people that you surround yourself with. And the stories that you hear, you listen to their stories of experience, strength, and hope. You share your story of your experience, strength, and God knows you got to have hope. Um, It's one thing to immerse yourselves in those rooms. It's another thing to get stuck in those rooms, I think. Um, One of the most important things, I think, in recovery is finding out that you can have happiness without the chemical or the alcohol or the need for that or the desire for that Um, there are other things out there that can make you even happier than, than the happiness that you found in the bottom of that bottle or at the bottom of that baggie. The only joy I ever found in the bottom of a beer bottle was the fact that the cute bartender was bringing me another bottle. Once mine was empty, she was on her way back over with another one, um, now that that bottle is empty and it's staying empty, I can see through that clear bottom of that bottle, at this beautiful world that I've been given to enjoy life in. And there's so much more out there now, and I'm just so grateful. I will be forever grateful for the opportunities that I've once again been given now that I'm sober.
2: Well, it seems to me like, you know, and this is from observation outside looking in, that it's a process. It's not easy. You know, you have to change your thinking. You have to change your environment. And, you know, from watching my daughter, she had to find something that was more important to her than getting home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. she did. Yes, yes. That's but, key. You know, what, even what after you she found that. that and was working toward it, it was still... A very much an uphill climb. It was very difficult. You know, the vestiges of the past were chasing her, um, you know, in the form of the law and friends. And, you know, there are just all kinds of things that can suck you back in. Yeah, I and mean, actually, maintain. actually, remember,
1: she went to jail sober and clean, you know what I yeah. mean? So her past Twice. was still <laughs> very, very much in her pocket.
2: Yeah, twice. But she, yeah. You know, she still yeah. overcame it, even after all of that, yeah. and, you know, the the seeming injustice of all of that. You know, here I am, I'm sober, I'm clean, and now I have to go to jail? Really? Yeah, now, yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know other people that go through that, too, but they, they realize as part of their recovery that they have to face those demons that are still following them from the past. And it's a, I think it's a key point. I, fortunately, was never in that position uh, by the grace of God, I was yeah. never there, but I know people who were there, and how much strength and commitment and modesty, humility, whatever word you're, you can find to put on that, it takes to deal with that is something that we, they, he, or she found only through their process of recovery, because I'm going to tell you, if I was facing that when I was uh, doing drugs and drinking – I would have kept running from it. I would have never stopped and turned around and faced it.
1: Well, I mean, I yeah, and, and it, you have to. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you get pulled yeah. over and Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you got no choice. Your legs don't work anymore,
3: you know? <laughs> <laughs> because they're shackled. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: you know it's we, we can laugh about it but the sad reality is is that there's somebody out there going through exactly that, what we're talking oh, about yeah. right now and and I think that's I think that's the what one of the benefits of this show you know um, I had to make my own mistakes I couldn't learn from others I can only share that I had to learn from my own mistakes and I'm sure if you're listening you do too but you don't have to put yourself through this misery. You, you, you really don't. I mean, you can, you can step left or right and get out of your own way anytime you wish. I mean, I know that I know that disease has had me, but something happened, and I said, enough is enough. And you don't have to get to the point where you're homeless, helpless, loveless, living on a park bench, you know, and, and having nothing. You don't have to get to that. Point. You know, just say enough is enough. Get out of your own way and ask somebody for guidance.
3: And if you need our guidance, you want to talk to Ray, you want to talk to Ellen you want to talk to me, give us a call. We're here for you at 866 472 5792. 866 472 5792. I don't know about you guys, but I could sit here. I'm sitting across the, the, the studio from Ray right now, and I could sit here and listen to him talk all night. Um, we're the same age. We have a lot of the same experiences in our past, but our experiences with alcohol and addiction are completely different, but yet they're exactly the same. And I could listen to him talk about his all night. I know he wouldn't like to sit and listen to me. You talk know, the sad,
1: the sad thing is, is my ego could listen to me, too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I have to kind of keep myself in check. So give us a call if you have a question for us or if you feel similar. Call us tonight, Ellen.
2: Well, I would just say, you know, from the family point of view, you know, having, having walked through this with someone for 15 years, it is possible to turn your life around. You just, it's not easy, but it's possible. And, you know, what you get afterward is just, I think you appreciate it even more. I really do. I think, you know, in our situation, um, my daughter had already started school and she had to go to jail twice. Twice. And they let her come back. And I I think, honestly, that was the turning point for her. You know, she she had a goal, she worked toward it, and she achieved it. And nobody thought she was going to be able to do that. No, exactly. You know,
1: and and we had a, a friend, I don't know if, I mean, you wouldn't remember him even if I said his name, Ellen, but many years ago, many years ago, that just sounds so... (laughs) scary but like in like 2009 well 10 years ago anyway um he used to say he used to he coined the phrase I guess milk and cookies bottom in other words Mm. you know he would he would say the people who came in and didn't really experience much loneliness guilt you know all of that stuff and came in and got a a white key tag, or or a keychain, or a, a coin, or whatever program you're in, and whatever it is they give you the first day, just for today, um, he called that a Milky Milk and Cookies Bottom, right? Like you come in once and you never go out. That wasn't my experience, but it can be yours if you see something that you are in distress with. And you, I could see that I was in my own way. I could see the destructive path that I, was, that I was blazing through my community, through my family, through my friends. I could see it. I chose not to get out of the way until it was too late. And then I couldn't. Because like, like I've said before many times, the very first time that I did my drug of choice, something changed inside me. Was I physically addicted? No. Was I mentally addicted? Could be, but everything went calm. And from a chaotic child, for everything to go calm, I said, I I need more of this. And I knew that was my goal, to get calm. And ultimately, it turned into a path of destruction to get off E. And, you know, I'm grateful today that I can share a little bit of my experience of where I was, where I am, and and hopefully where I'm going. I mean, my journey isn't over. I'm almost 30 years clean, and my journey isn't over because today's still a good day to get high. And it may sound stupid that somebody that's, uh, that's an addict with 30 years clean is saying today is still a good day to get high. It's what we do. We're addicts. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: 10
0: a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore
4: the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
2: Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in into 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show
1: Hey, welcome back. You know, I wanted to I wanted to elongate a little bit about what I was saying about that gentleman talking about uh, milk and cookies uh, milk and cookies bottom. Um, I got sidetracked with it, with another with, with 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 that, but you know, the the thing is is that not everyone has to experience the loneliness. Not everyone has to experience possible countless deaths of overdoses and everything like that. You know, a bottom is a bottom. If there's something that is making you feel uncomfortable, you know, then by all means, ask for help. Ask questions. You're never going to get an answer if you don't ask questions. And really, like they say, there are no dumb questions. We're addicts and alcoholics. We've been asking the same question in 52,000 different ways for years and years and years, the people before you, the people before me, Steve, Ellen, on the family side, have all asked the same question and felt dumb asking it. And that's not because you're dumb. It's because your disease is telling you that you're less than. I suffer from an illness that in one moment I feel less than and by the end of the sentence i feel better then how do you deal with that you do the best you can and you stay focused and you do the next right thing which is in front of you i don't like saying the next right thing it's thing that's in front of you hopefully it is the right outcome you know and like steve was saying during the break you know i never lost my house i never lo- you know i ended up homeless helpless and loveless we're both sitting in the same studio sharing the same message. Right on. You know, so it doesn't matter how you get here. It doesn't no matter what you did to get here. Focus on being here. And you, too, can change your world. And when you change your world, you change your community.
3: I have to agree with that. And as I said during a break, I just described it as everybody's low is not the same low Um, some people lose their house and their family and everything else others like me simply got to that point where I realized that this was completely out of control I have no control over my life anymore the only thing that the thing that has taken control of my life was alcohol and until I found some way to get away from the alcohol my life was going to continue to spiral downwards and downwards and downwards farther and farther and farther down. And thank God there was an there was an option for me to pick up that phone and call. And I don't remember making that phone call. I've said it in here before, and I've said it countless times to other people at, at meetings or speaking engagements or anything. I do not remember picking up that phone and calling that treatment center. That call was made for me. By me, if you if you know what I'm saying out there, I do not remember that, but it happened, and by the grace of God, I'm able to sit in this studio today and be here to help anyone else who is going through what I went through, what Ray went through, and anyone who is going through what Ellen went through from the family side. I did not realize that at that time, and for years. What damage I was doing to my family being an addict and an alcoholic? I had no idea. Of course, if I did it it would have bothered me, but I probably would not have stopped. It was only upon sobriety that I realized the damage that I had incurred on relationships, not just my family, but close personal friends, my community, things it's it's devastating and, and it's it's shameful, but through sobriety, I can learn to overcome that shame and try to mend those relationships, which is not going to happen overnight. I can promise you that. It's going to take me a very, very long time to mend those relationships that I hurt so badly.
2: You know well, I think and the twist- level of trust that you lose, you know when you, when, you know when I was watching my, my daughter go through this, you know. Being stolen from, lied to over and mm-hmm. over. You know, and at first it's just shocking. Oh my goodness, what's going on? You don't know. And then you lose that trust. And honestly, I don't know that it will ever be completely regained because there's always that, you know, like, as Ray says, today's a good day to get high. Who knows?
3: <laughs> right. That's right.
2: <clears throat> Who knows? And, and, it, it it is a difficult thing, I think, to from you know from the family standpoint.
1: Right, you know, and the and the um, lately, I you know, I I want to say, and and this may sound twisted as well, but to always have that fear or awareness. Of where we came from, and you from the family side of paying attention to where we are, I think that keeps us healthy in recovery. Now, if if I forgot what happened, like if I had memory loss, say like Mary Lou, Mary Lou, um, uh, who was the one that was on Taxi, Mary Lou Henner. Uh, Henner, Henner, Mary Lou Henner, remembers every single day of her life. You can ask her what happened October 19th, 1959. She would say at 5.33 in the morning, Ray was born, right, (laughs) if she knew who I was. She remembers everything. She said the bad thing about it is I relive everyone's death every single day. Oh, wow. And I've learned to deal with that. But – now as as a recovering individual I have to keep my memories very very vivid or I'm destined to repeat them so somebody from a family the family side of the fence has to keep those awarenesses in place as well. And like you said, you may never, I mean, I don't know if my mother still says, well, Ray says it's still a good day to get high. She understands that because she's a recovering alcoholic. Um, But I think with longevity, I think that eases. But, with addicts and alcoholics, we need to keep awarenesses of that. because today is still a good day to drink and drug. yeah, it is. You know, and if we forget where we came from, we're destined to repeat it.
3: Well, that's true. One of the things that keeps me focused, uh, especially in again, my early stages of recovery, is the fact that I now realize that there are people who care about me. And when I was a raging alcoholic, I didn't give a shit about anybody caring for me. I didn't realize they did. And if they did, why would they care about somebody like me? So I, I didn't care. Now, it's, it's amazing that you know, we can care for somebody else as an alcoholic or an addict. And that's fine because that's, that's our choice to do that. Um, I don't need you to care about me. I can take care of myself. It's amazing how two-faced or two-sided our minds are when they're in the throes of alcohol or addiction. It's, and Ellen, I'm sure that you're going through it. Because I've had people in my life that are very close to me. And I know the level of trust that they once had for me may or may not ever uh, reoccur. But they still care about me. They're oh, still yeah. deeply concerned about my well-being and my health. And, and to me, that just amazes me that they care about me because I'm, you know, I'm, I was worthless. You know, in my own opinion, Right. I was worthless. So Why would they care about not. me? So apparently you're not. Apparently I'm not. Yeah. And I'm starting to see that, that I can do things for others because I care about them. Because others care about me. We mm-hmm. are, as human beings, capable of giving and receiving love. It is good
1: to accept people's caring about you. And you'll get and you get to that in, in the sense of not saying that you're not there now. I mean, I know that you appreciate the friendship that we have. Amen. But it, it, it becomes less... Burdensome for me, it was like a man. Now I have now that's somebody else I got to prove my worth to. (laughs) Now that's somebody else I just want (laughs) to cut all these people off, (laughs) and it that's not it at all, man. That's just the way that nature makes us be the beings that we are. And if we can't care for someone else, then we're lying to ourselves that we love ourselves, you know, and um, we will we all get to a point where. You know, we hit plateaus as we go, growth points. And, you know, I'm grateful that I can look back and hear people share and look back at me at that time saying and and giggle in my mind going, more will be revealed. You know, you'll go a long way in this program because you got so far to go.
3: Amen. You know what I, I mean. that's, that's right. It's, it's a long road, but yeah. there. And but there are a lot of gas stations on that road. Yeah. I yeah. mean, everywhere you go, there's somebody that you, that you can turn to. That I can turn to. Um, I'm. I run into people constantly. Today, it happened again. I ran into somebody who used to be an addict and an alcoholic. I would have never known and i told him that you know something about my life i said see i would have never done this before i got sober and he looked at me like i'm sober too yeah and and i would have never known it but those are the kind of people and this was a this is a great guy he he has a wonderful life he has a lot of friends and you just think that that naturally happens mm-hmm. well it doesn't naturally happen those things those friends and those relationships take work and right. when i was a raging alcoholic I didn't want to do the work. You know, I didn't I, I didn't want to do the work. I didn't need anybody else. All I needed was to go to work, make my money so I could pay the rent, pay the electric, put gas in my car, pay to make the Harley payment, all this stuff. That's the only reason I did that. Mm-hmm. Not to make my life worth living. Right.
2: Well, I think for me, you know, I always knew that she was in there somewhere. She certainly wasn't acting like it, but I knew she was there. You know, that the the, the Spirit, the soul was still in there. Oh yeah, I remember saying, you know,
1: ten years ago, that your daughter had a beautiful spirit. It was just being mm-hmm. it was just being grabbed by something, you know, stronger than that spirit. And fortunately enough, you know, she was able to weather that storm and come out come out that much greater of a person. Like yeah,
2: yeah. I truly believe stronger. that
1: if. Yeah. I truly believe that I could have been the president of State Street Bank. That's the tallest bank in Boston, right? At the time it was. And it was, you know, State Street Bank. I could be the vice president of State Street Bank, but I could probably be the most miserable person on the face of the earth, too. <laughs> so I'm grateful right. today that I I'm grateful today that I took the route that I did, that I became homeless, helpless, and loveless. And I'm not telling you to experience my experience to, you know, get to where I am. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't always, you know, my road is not is not your road, even though we probably walk down the same one. Um, you know, I'm grateful for every single day of despair out there because I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have today sitting here. And as crazy as that sounds... Um, I'm okay
3: with that with that mentality that's, that's right and, and i I experience different feelings almost on a daily basis of why I continue to remain clean and sober is it and I ask myself uh, many different questions Is it because I would um, not be respected by others who know that now I am sober? Is it because um Is it because of this or is it because of that? And the one thing that the the one answer that keeps popping back into my head is because I don't want to do it anymore. I just don't want to go through that crap anymore. I can't take it. I'm too old to go through this again. I'm young enough to go out and party just like I did 30 years ago. And I've been drinking for 50 years. I'm young enough to do that, but I'm too old to go through what I've been going through for the last nine months again. I just, (laughs) I can't go through it again. This has to be my one and only shot, and with the help of people like Ray, my support team at home, and the grace of God, somehow or another, I have got to do this, and I plan on doing it.
2: And you sound like you've got the right spirit to do it in. you know, It takes that determination and that I don't want to say willpower because it's certainly not that but it it's more of a willingness yeah you know, an awakening willingness really. yeah
3: well a good word right willingness yeah. yeah it's willingness
1: i mean willpower like they like they say well you know willpower you have diarrhea <laughs> hold it in huh? yeah. how much will- you could have all the willpower in the world and that's coming out you know what i mean <laughs> you find the willingness to To make it happen. And, you know, that's really all that we're trying to express to people out there, you know, from both sides of the fence, from the family side of the fence and from the active act, from the alcoholic and addict side of the fence, that you don't have to go through this alone. Find the willingness to allow somebody in to give you a little bit of a little bit of guidance, you know, and, you know, slowly but surely. Your thought patterns will come back and the morals that you are pushing away will come back, you know, and and you will gain new awarenesses of where you are, who you are, and what it is that you're trying to do with your life. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment.
2: P.M. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness.
4: Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent: inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients
5: Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the
1: And we are back for the last segment, which is the shortest segment, which uh, just blows the show right away. <laughs> it happens all the time. You know, we, we, we get to this point and I go like, well, what? what? But, you know, we were sharing during the break about um, life changes, you know, and sometimes the things that we speak about during the break are so profound that I, I'm in my mind. I'm like, shut up so we can share this on the air. But you know, it doesn't always happen that way, and we just keep rolling, and you know, there are things that happen to us on a daily basis, awakenings, awarenesses. I still get them today. Like if if I'm in a if I'm in traffic or if I'm in Walmart or if I'm somewhere and my gut reaction is to snap my head around and, and bite someone's neck off, and I don't, and I go, whoa. That was growth. How does that How does that happen? The only way that that happens is is because I get out of my own way and I allow all of these other people to to help me with what it is that I'm going through. Now, like I said, I ha- I've had a little bit of time away from using. But it doesn't mean that I'm 100% cured. There is no cured here. No. I am still in progress, working towards perfection. I fail miserably on a daily basis, and I'm sure a lot of people out there do. But that's okay, because in golf terms, we get a mulligan. If we wake up tomorrow, that's our mulligan, that we get a chance to do it over again. That's Right? Right? And, you know, even even, you know, that just made me think, Steve, you just started a new job. Right. And so now that that ripple is going to be going in a different direction, you were walking one way and now you're still walking in the same direction, but your path is changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you will grow from that. So you have, to be, you have to be grateful and aware of what's going on behind you. And that's why I'm saying, you know, that's why I said in the first segment or second segment, whatever it was, we can't forget where we came from. That's right. And, and the thing about that is, is that forgetting where we came from and not being grateful for yesterday and trying to be the best person that you can be today.
3: Well, that's true. Yeah, you know, in one of in one of the anonymouses, they say uh, th- there's a a promise, and and within that one promise, it says we will we can neither forget the past nor do we wish to close the door on it. Okay, <clears throat> if we are truly going to recover, myself, if I am truly going to recover, on a long term basis. I cannot forget what happened in the past because literally that scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. To 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 know that there is a chance that I could go back to that is damn scary. And fear is a hell of a motivator. <laughs> I'm telling said, you, yep. fear is one hell of a motivator, pal. Yes. You, you get shot out, you're going to learn to run. You know, the okay. funny <laughs> thing is, though, is, I mean, we're
1: two Marines standing here, and, um, you know, surrender is not an option, right? Amen. Surrender That's right. Surrender is not in our creed. And for the longest time, I held fast with that right. stupidly, not understanding the, 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 the rationalization of that. Right. I wasn't at war and out on the streets. I mean, the streets were at war with right. me, but I wasn't at war out on the streets. And, and, you know, for the longest time I held fast and couldn't get out of my own way from the teachings that I had been taught. So okay. if, if I embrace those negative teachings so great, why can't I step up and embrace what's being taught to me today? Right. I can Right, And, you know, if you embrace negativity, bad things will happen. There's no guarantee if you're doing the right thing, the right thing's going to happen. There's no guarantee. You have to work for it. But if you're doing the wrong thing, the wrong thing is going to happen. The wrong thing's going to happen.
3: Yeah. And we're we're so ingrained in this word surrender. We associate it with war and things, and surrendering is an act of cowardness and, you, you know, When I started going into the rooms of several anonymouses, a guy put it very plainly and it and it it struck home with me. You're not surrendering. You are simply joining the winning team. Okay. I was a loser. When I was in the throes of my alcoholism, I thought I was a winner because I was, what I thought, in control of my life. You know, I was able to wake up in the morning, go down to the liquor store, buy a bottle. I had complete control. I had the money to afford it. I was in complete control. Okay. Then I realized I wasn't in control. That was not surrender. That was giving in and joining the winning team. I had to get on the winning side in order to turn my life around. And I think that any alcoholic or addict that's out there listening knows it can be very hard to do that. But there are people out there that care about you. I have friends that were in treatment with me that are still going through a struggle. And if I could, if if I could talk to any one of them today, as remembering sitting in those rooms and these people who came in there to talk to us said. Only three of you out of the 40 in this room are ever going to achieve long-term sobriety. I can tell them, make that guy or make that girl wrong. Be one of the 3%. Join me. I care about you, and I'll be here for you. A lot of you have my number. Pick it up, call me, or call the station tonight and talk to me or Ray or Ellen. We do care about you. Because the biggest thing one alcoholic or addict can do is share their stories and be there for another alcoholic or addict to help them achieve sobriety. Am I right, Ellen?
2: I think so. I um, I was told to surrender, too. And I know that may not make a lot of sense. You know, I'm not drinking. It does. I'm not drugging. All right. But I am uh, trying to control someone else's drinking and drugging, mm-hmm. and I can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I absolutely can't. and. And I was trying to control it because it was making me so unhappy. You know, so they they say addiction is a selfish disease. And I think, you know, sometimes the family members get on, you know, we're a little selfish too. It's making me feel bad. So I'm going to control this. And that was the hardest thing for me to do was to give up trying to control the uncontrollable. I
3: can't even the imagine. absolute hardest. Well, I, I can't even imagine how hard that must have been for you.
2: Well, you know, it's funny. I got out of the way. You know, it kind of worked
1: out. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's funny. We all we all follow the same path somehow on in, in getting out of our own way. I mean, we've jokingly said, you know, Ellen and I in conversations that you know, stress is stress. It doesn't know any. You know, it doesn't know any different. She was feeling the same stress that my body was feeling. I was just lucky
2: enough to be able to be medicating myself through it all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah, I, you I'm guys looking to have, I'm, a, have a better time than we do. Come on, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm look. Well, I don't know about better time, but I'm, well. A well for the, it, for the moment, mm-hmm.
3: anyway, it was a better yeah. time.
1: I'm looking at I'm looking at something on social media here, and it's um it's Al Bundy, and it says I treat people the way I want to be treated. And underneath it it says, I leave them alone. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and th- that is that is so true. That is so true, but it doesn't work with what it is that we're trying to do. No. You know what I mean? Because if I if I held fast and didn't reach out to people, people wouldn't reach out to me. And in my time of need, who would I turn to? Right. My dog? No, they're not going to be able to save me. The people, the people that I surround myself with are the ones that I trust with my life. And, you know, my life was so untrustworthy in my hands for so long that I, I can't do it alone. Right. I, I because because I, I left to my own devices, I'm going to end up homeless, helpless, and loveless again. And 'Cause that's what I was. I thought I was I was the captain of my ship and I ran around in his right. pocketing. Yep. You know? So what makes me think I'm gonna be able to do it alone again? So, you know, I can laugh and say, Yeah, I understand that, you know, I leave them alone. I get that. But the the, the true reality is is we need to reach out to each other. We need to care, we need to, you know. Stop jerking around and let people know how we feel. And kind of like that's what we've been talking about the whole show in a roundabout way is is that we can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. So if you're out there and you think you got this all by yourself, think again, Skippy. Find somebody. To share your, you know, your experience with, help, help me, help, do something. You know, it, when I asked somebody to be my sponsor the very first time, I thought it was like asking somebody to be my Valentine. <laughs> Little did I know, I opened myself up to all the love in the world when I did that. Right, you right. know, and um, I'll be forever grateful for doing that, you know? And it it, it empowered me to be who I am today. And with that, really, we have like two minutes left. So if there's something that you really want to talk about or express gratitude for, do
3: it now. I can tell you, the person who can be the most help to any addict or alcoholic out there is not that hard to find. They're probably standing right in front of you most of the time we our, our, our disease puts glasses on the pre, on us that prevents us from seeing those people take the glasses off open your eyes look around again <clears throat> there is somebody there next to you or within a call away that can help you that wants to help you and we'll stand by you through this process of recovery. It's hard work. But think of how hard being an addict or an alcoholic was. Is Think about it. You can do it. Any of you out there can do it. Dead air. I hate dead air. The reason really? I'm the the really? reason I'm sitting in this studio, it's it's I'm not sitting here because I like to hear myself talk and I'm and I'm a popular guy. That's far from the truth. This is true. I'm here is because I'm here because I truly care about anyone out there that might be listening tonight. I truly care about your recovery, and I want to be here to help you. And with that, Ellen,
2: with miracles and recovery, hope is in your corner.
1: That it is